second half of the People Show coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Thanks for uh, playing along today. Could be anywhere, but you're here with us. Also, if you're on IG Live, we see you. We see you at Sportsnet 650. Uh, Bick Nazar here with you. 650, 650. You can ch- chime in into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Uh, anything that's on your mind. We'll get to the Canucks in just a second here. Uh, but it is a Monday. I haven't done a Monday show in a really long time. Days off and things like that. It's been a while since I've done a Monday show. We traditionally do a buzzer and bell. Where uh, where we were good, where we were bad. We're, we're pro-accountability on the people's show. Uh, so let's get to it. What do we get right and wrong? Starting with the bells, Jordan Love. Look, I said at the start of the season, I'm backing a couple of guys. Jordan Love was one of them. It was a little rocky. And I think I even uh, jumped out at one stage. But it was rocky. That dude is real. That guy... Like the like the lady on the plane. That dude is real. That guy is real. Unbelievable performance against one of the better defenses in the league. It, it obviously there's the two interceptions, okay, and the one at the end. I get it. But Jordan Love is on his way. We were just talking with Stephen Ruiz. Hey, maybe they take a step back. With Matt Lafleur, I think that's the insurance you need. That is what insulates you into the environment will be better. And I think you see the difference between. A naturally talented quarterback like Jordan Love paired in an offense versus Brock Purdy, who thrives in an offense that is set up for him to succeed. There's just more natural playmaking ability for Jordan Love than there are for other quarterbacks. And I'd be really excited if I was a Packers fan going into next season. The Detroit Lions. Look, I was big wrong on this. Big wrong on this one. Didn't like the draft that they had. Thought it was a misallocation of some resources. They're an exciting team and and certainly have taken the steps to go from uh, rebuilding to compete to now contending. They've done those and they've knocked down the the walls of all those steps. But the the big thing to me was like I I just thought drafting a running back that, that high was a massive misstep. Jameer Gibbs was blocking. Go figure that the running back, the play that he makes that gets me excited, is blocking. That's a huge step for that guy, and it just it changes the way they can play offense, and, and they, I thought, had the most comfortable game of the weekend because that, that early interception where Mike Evans tips it into the air, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is there to pick it off, it just felt like they kind of had their thumb on the scale the whole game. And, yeah, the, the, the Bucks huffed and puffed, but they never really knocked the Lions' house down. Big shout-out to Detroit because that's a, it's an exciting development. A team that found their identity, found what their plan is, stayed true to it for a long stretch of the time, and uh, are now reaping the benefits of it with a chance to go to the Super Bowl against the San Francisco 49ers. I started the year. It was, it was one of the first buzzer bells I think we ever did this season. Going with... The gap between Patrick Mahomes and the rest of the NFL is larger than you think. And Josh Allen, I thought, had a better season than the stats indicate. And it still, it still did not matter. That guy is ahead of the rest of the league in a big way. And it looks more conservative than it ever has. It's not the fireworks show. Tyreek running across the field, 40 yards downfield in the Super Bowl, converting a big third down. It it, it looks different. But he is playing this game at a different rate than everyone else. He, he's not playing football anymore. He's, he's just figured out how to win the game. And 
It's going to be interesting. Beats Baltimore. It's going to be a tough one. All right, Buccaneers. I came into this weekend. I picked them to win. They looked a little outmatched through that game. Again, they tried late. Big six ends up going one and three this weekend. Uh, but the Buccaneers, where you go from here is really interesting because, look, they have talent, obviously. They, they've got an all-pro guy on the offensive line. they got some fantastic receivers. Mike Evans, what happens with him coming back into next season? The defense, Antoine Winfield should be an all-pro. Uh, wasn't named there, but th there's real talent here. They, if they hang on to their offensive coordinator, Dave Canales, and then is Baker back, it could be a frisky team. The, the NFC South has had their issues kind of being a, a consistent mainstay team is uh, the Buccaneers this chance, but uh, they come up short. Uh, they were my pick this weekend to, to be the upset, but we got a buzzer on that one. Let's, we always end on a make, uh, so let's end on a make here. Travis Kelsey. I said this halfway through the year that the second half of the season, especially for fantasy, we're doing this on uh, our, our fantasy football update on Wednesdays. That it feels like the, the the Chiefs protect Travis Kelsey in the back half of seasons. Because they know they're going to need him in the playoffs. As, as great it would be for your fantasy titles to have Travis Kelsey purring all the way down the stretch. It, it's about actual Super Bowls for them. And Travis Kelsey feels rejuvenated in this back half of the season. Or in, in these playoffs as well. He looked fantastic yesterday. Like we hadn't seen uh, in some time for stretches in this season couple of touchdowns for Travis Kelsey. The big, uh, the heart to the crowd as well from Travis Kelsey yesterday. And Jason Kelsey, thriving. Looking like Dom at Wicked Hall on the weekend. Just, ah! Was that you not uh, partying it up at uh, Wicked Hall this, this no, past week? that was week? our fearless leader, Canberra. <laughs> How was the live taping? Oh, so much fun. Good uh, crowd? Yeah, good crowd. Really thank everyone to come out and, and support the show like that. And Jeff and Elliot were great, of course. Kevin BX has told some great stories. Big shout out to uh, all the winners, too, that uh, were able to make yeah, it absolutely. there as well. And uh, the Wicket, the Sticky Wicket, mm -hmm. great, little, uh, great little pub there in Victoria. So uh, thank you for their hospitality and uh, everyone that uh, came out and supported Hockey Day in Canada this, uh, in Victoria this weekend. Yeah, that was fantastic. Uh, good games over the course of... Uh, and Kevin BX is speaking Punjabi. What? <laughs> yeah, well, he's done it once before. Done it once before, but uh, good for him. Right? Jumping right back into that seat. Yeah. On Hockey Night Punjabi with uh, Randeep. Uh, all right. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Karn says, uh, Bick, the lady in the plane says, that guy is not real. I know. That's the joke. <laughs> I, was, I was playing it up. As, as if... The, the rest of the NFL can now point over at Jordan Love and say, that guy is real. But yes, I, I know the meme. I was just, I was trying to say it in the tone of that lady. You're the meme lord. On, on the, the, the plane. Am I the meme lord? I mean, you you have video clips at yeah, the Yeah, that's true. That's true. I was going to say, who, who else would be uh, big on the memes here at the 650 office? But my my, my tweeting of a random videos it's is, you and Josh. is unsurpassed. Josh would be a good one, yeah. yeah. Not Sat. No. Yeah, Sat's too, like... I feel like he rides your coattails in that department. Sat? Yeah. No, that's not true. He, he he just doesn't do it with enough volume. Yeah, but I feel like when he does, he takes inspiration. Sure. Hard not to when you're working with the goat. He's like a an '80s three point shooter. He just like takes one a game, but it, it hits. It's just like man, that guy. You got to close out on that guy. It just yeah, of it's, it's it's tough. Uh, all right. 
Saturday, we got to see the Canucks beat the Maple Leafs and you know push into uh, this this stretch of the season, uh, these five, six weeks before we get to the trade deadline, coinciding with the timeline for Carson Soucy's injury. He leaves the game uh, and picks up a hand injury. I think Rick Dollywell reported it was a knuckle injury. So he's out for five, six weeks, which is brutal because he's had such a tough year, obviously, with the injuries. He's been playing so well that I was excited for this extended run for Carson Soucy. Get his feet back under him, start pushing the second half of the season. And now you just wonder, okay, what does six weeks away do at a very pivotal time in the in the season? You're going to be in the sprint to the finish, and that playoff intensity is going to be here before you know it. When he came back from the other injury, him transitioning into the lineup was so amazing. Like he he didn't miss a beat timing wise. Maybe he does that again in six weeks, but I I just wonder now does does acquiring a D man rise up in your priority list between now and March eighth? Obviously, the demand for the top six forward is still going to be there, but can you wait on that a little bit? And does D man? Trump acquiring a forward for for you now with the Susie injury six fifty six fifty into the Dunbar Lumber text it, message though? inbox. What's up? How doesn't it? It's it's you're interesting. Thin, you're thinner on D than you are at forward, aren't you? Uh, well, the the Suter experience and in, in the top six, like I just want to see Pew Suter go back to uh, a, a spot maybe more suitable mm-hmm. for him. It's not that he can't fill the role there with Mikheyev and Kuzmenko. It's just it's obviously on borrowed time. You just know it's like there's we're not seeing the upside of that. They're just surviving, which is fine because body's short and you're just weren't as talented enough. But there's a difference between surviving and thriving. And this team needs somebody in that top six that is going to start pushing this. A, the machination of the forwards probably has to change. JT goes back to to center on a different line. But you can play the matchup game differently. But now you can have multiple lines that start to thrive. Suter just feels like paired with Hoaglander, maybe on the fourth line, you can get an excellent fourth line there. Then you got that Bluger line, which is crushing. Suter and Hoaglander can do their thing. Sam Lafferty uh, as well. So it would be an exciting experiment to get back to that. But you need like but, nine. But but you're right. Defensemen it's, to go on a Stanley Cup. You're, run. you're at six now, right? And you're and, at and, six. And Friedman's back, obviously, um, from his conditioning state. Called it up today. But you're at like six, and you know, again, I, I think Noah Jolson's been fantastic this year in his in his spot. But is is he the guy you want to be your number six, or is he the guy you want to be your number eight come playoff time? Because Susie comes back, you go out and acquire another one. Where is D-Man now? Uh, on the list for you. North Creek Dan says, yes to a defense. If you miss on a forward, you have guys in the AHL who can try to fit that position uh, like Archdeep Baines. We have another text coming in here as well um, from Johnny Mack. With Patterson playing on the wing, on the lotto, not, lotto line, is this the time to bring up the top center prospect in Atu Ratu? On both of those players, like there was an Archdeep Baines shout as well in the postgame show on Saturday uh, after the Leafs game. I don't want to see these guys do the yo-yo thing where they come up, you just see how it goes, you go back down. When they get called up, and I think it's a when, not an if, it's when they get called up. I want it to be the end of the discussion of, are these guys NHL players? Like, come up here and you're staying. 
That's the difference between, I think, Linus Carlson, who's doing the yo-yo thing of, you know, come up, play a game, go back down, all right, here just for a bit, play an AHL game, come back up. My long-term investment into Linus Carlson is significantly different than what I want to see from Atu Ratu and Arshti Baines. And when we say things like, oh, just let them marinate, just what it means is once you pull it out of the oven, it's done. They're not going back in. This isn't reheated. It's you enjoy that meal then and there. And when Arshti Baines and Atu Ratu get their call up, whether it's the end of this year or next year, that's it. I don't want to see them go back to the AHL. That's the difference. And Linus Carlson, it's it's fine to do it right now. If Sheldon Dries is the guy that has to get called up or some of the other guys in the AHL, the, the, the group that I'm focused on is like that's going to be your part of the succession plan. Ratu, Baines, with Colson. Those are the three guys that just enjoy your time there. And when they get called up, then it's it's permanent. They're here to be fixtures in your lineup. Maybe on the fourth line if it happens this season, but they're there to be permanent fixtures, and they're not going backwards. So I'm okay with the the timeline of Linus Carlson if it's uh again dries. I mean, even if it's Klimovich, I, I I I'm my investment level in Danila Klimovich becoming a mainstay in the Canucks lineup in the future is virtually nil. Six fifty six fifty. Um. This one, I think we need a veteran like Corey Perry. Well, uh, that's a miss uh, as well, as he's now signed in Edmonton. Uh, this one, Travis in Nanaimo. It's easy. Got to trade for Lindholm, Elias Lindholm, and Chris Tanev. You get your top six forward and your top four D-man. I know today as well on uh, 32 Thoughts, Dom, you can confirm this. Uh, Elliot was talking about uh, a forward with versatility. So that would be uh, like a Lindholm type. Yeah. Um, play, play center, can play wing. He's just having such a bad year. He's having yeah, but it's a tough environment. A, a, a different year. Well, they're, I mean, they're not Chicago levels bad. No, Calgary. Uh, they're just uh, no. <laughs> they're just like generic bad. And it, it, it's That's not even bad is bad. But it, it's not even that bad. It's like they're playing five eleven hockey. That's not terrible. They're not the Minnesota Wild even. Like the Minnesota Wild are having a bad year. But they're better than that. They're sniffing the playoffs. And my concern with Lindholm is, is he, is he more of a third guy on a line than a first guy on a line in whatever role you put him in, first line, second line? Is is he the – I hate even using the word caddy, but I'll use it in this spot. Is he the, 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 the passenger or is he the driver? And the Vancouver Canucks need one more driver in their top six. If, if you can't do anything else – Okay, maybe, but also, I don't want to use assets on a guy that it'll cost you plenty to bring in, and then now you're going to have to give him a contract, and you're just going to let him walk, or that whole scenario. Again, the player is is, is nice. He's just not on my top of list of priorities. I know Canucks fans are drooling over someone like Joel Erickson Eck. Like the, the benefit of that is he's got term till 2029. That's the thing that's fun, is you, you can bring him in, and if he's just only okay... At least you have him. At least it's another credible body for your top six. Lindholm, if you bring him in and he's only okay, you've burned assets and now he's gone in the offseason. You know what I've learned uh, just in the short time that this management group has been here? Yep. It's so hard to predict other than like Nikita Zadorov. Sure. Who they're going to bring in. Because mm-hmm. whenever they do make a trade, the trade happens. You're like, oh, 
Okay. The, there is an element, and I know there's like the fear of like, oh, they're going to move the Karamaki or a Willander. And I, I think it would take a lot for that to transpire. But if it happened, I think you'd have literally that reaction. Do that again. Oh, Okay. Yeah, it'd be like that, right? It it'd be undeniable. Like again, you know, I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but if it was like a big package that included the Karamaki and it was like Mitch Marner on the other end, you'd probably go, Oh That's the dream. okay. Again, I am building a dream reality, obviously. <laughs> but you'd probably do that, like, oh I I know it's a lot to, to move those guys, but at least that makes sense. You go get one of the premier talents in the league, uh someone who can go play with Elias Pedersen, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> That that on today's spot. We, we we need that drop to be honest for uh, if and when a trade happens, just so we're ready. Just can hit. Oh, okay. Uh, six fifty, six fifty. Instead of Batman saying uh, we have a trade to announce. <laughs> uh, this one. Uh, what about Drew? Or uh, I think this is uh, Tarasenko. It's spelled in the worst way possible, but uh, from Ottawa. Well, well, Drew's got a um, no movement clause. So Claude Drew can say no to veto anything. And Claude Drew like went out of his way to choose Ottawa. I'd be surprised. He he'd be a great fit. But as as I was mentioning last week too, the the guy who to me would be a great fit. And this is just me talking. But we we were actively rooting for teams to fail and would they uh become a seller. But I'm still actively rooting for the New Jersey Devils to slip up here over this next couple of weeks because Tyler Toffoli lives on that team. Coming back? Why not? Oh. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. And just because, look, he's a, he's going to be a UFA here, but they play they played Dallas uh, on Saturday, and they lost 6-2. They got Vegas tonight, Carolina, Tampa, Colorado, Calgary, Calgary, Carolina, Seattle, Nashville, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, Washington, New York. That's their schedule for a month. It's January 22nd today, February 22nd. That's their schedule. And it's not as if they're like firmly planted in a playoff spot right now. They got 49 points in 44 games. They're outside of the line right now. And they're going to have to leapfrog some teams to even get there. They're going to have to jump Pittsburgh. They're going to have to jump Tampa Bay. They're going to have to jump the Islanders. Throw in Detroit and Washington in there. It's not going to be easy for New Jersey to get there, especially with that schedule the next month. If it opens up, Tyler Toffoli, now he's not the versatile guy we were just mentioning, of someone who can play center and can go on the wing. But as much as I've talked about you know, a couple of centers and you know, we've, we've discussed names on this show too, like a Casey Middlestad or a, you know, people have been texting in about a Trevor Zegris or Lindholm, it just my, – my thing has become – is the is the center you acquire good enough to keep JT Miller on the wing with Elias Pettersson? And I don't know if that center exists. And that's why I wonder about Lindholm. Is he a driver? Can he drive his own line with Mikheyev? Because that would keep Miller with Pettersson. Or is he better served to get a winger for Pettersson? This is what Yannick has been talking about for a couple of weeks when we've asked him on a show, which, by the way, Yannick Hansen tomorrow on the People's Show. It's if, if you can go Miller and Pedersen back down the middle, those guys can drive their line and you, you, you get to play the matchup game. It's going to make it tough for opposing coaches come postseason with uh, two players playing at the level that they are at on separate lines. I, I don't know if a center exists that is good enough that is uh, going to dictate the matchups for you. 
And Toffoli, to me, is, it, you know, there, there's other guys. You know, Gensel, people are texting about Jake Gensel. Obviously, you know, that's, again, higher end. But if you're looking for just like a pure rental, I'd rather live in the Toffoli market than I would the Gensel market. It's going to cost you way more. Plus, the contract would be way too much, too. Toffoli could probably bring back at a reasonable deal. And you certainly know he's going to play well with Elias Pettersson. You've seen what that looks like. Uh, 650-650. Uh, Mike in downtown Kelowna. Uh, I don't want to see Arshdeep at that critical time of this year. We just might have to wait till next year. I want two bona fide top six scorers and a line driver and a top four D. That's a lot on the wish list. I don't know. The Canucks have that. Also, it might be a good year for the uh, Abbey Canucks to make a Calder Cup run with how much mm-hmm. talent they have down there. Uh, 650. 650. Yeah, Konechny. Yeah, Konechny would be awesome. How amazing would it be that they waited until Horvat was gone to bring in his cousin? <laughs> Plus, they're in a playoff spot. It's like they're not moving Konechny. Like we, we get a lot of Owen Tippett texts, too. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, all their young guys that are good on reasonable deals while they're in a playoff spot? This is not championship manager. I'd, I'd love I'd love it, but not for me. It's, it's just, I, I just don't see it. The, the trade market isn't built for your fandom. You, the, the, other, the other side has to see a benefit, too. Uh, all right. <laughs> Look, I see the Crosby text. Just stop, all right? Just, just stop. But keep the text coming in for Canuck Central as well. They are over at the rink getting ready for the Connor Bedard-less Chicago Blackhawks. Dan Riccio, Satyar Shaw on a Monday. Don Taylor's going to be joining them, plus uh, the regular great content from uh, Reach and Sat. All coming up here, home with Canucks Sportsnet 650. Oh, okay. 